Hey, good evening, football fans. Happy Tuesday to you. Hope everyone had a great Thanksgiving long weekend. Hope you got lots of food. Most importantly, hope you spend a lot of time with your loved ones. Uh, because yesterday, of course, was Thanksgiving Day. We pushed the Double E Coaches Show until Tuesday this week. Back to Monday next week. Coming up, 30 minutes of football talk with the head coach of the Double E, Scott Milanovic, who joins us now on the telephone. Good evening, Scott. How you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm very good. Thank you very much. Uh, I guess I could say happy Thanksgiving to you. You've been in the CFL long enough. You're kind of one of those honorary Canadians now. <laughs> yeah, you too. You too. I, uh, I text some of my friends up there, and uh, wish I should have, wish have been up there having some Thanksgiving with them. Yeah, it would have been great to be playing some football this weekend. I know. I don't know if it was if it was good or bad, but TSN ran kind of a marathon yesterday of of some old uh, uh, Thanksgiving Day games over the last uh, few years, and it, uh, you're either happy to see it or you're sad that you're missing it. Still, kind of everybody's riding the fence on it. Um, Football and Thanksgiving, though, always seem to go together so well. I, whether you're in the States, where you grew up and, and started playing, or whether you're in Canada, where you work now, football and Thanksgiving always seem to go together so well. Uh, think back for me. First, as a kid growing up, uh, Thanksgiving and football, any special memories for you? Um, yeah, I mean, there was always games. on. always not kind of the same NFL games. It was usually the Lions and and the Cowboys played somebody. Um, for me as a kid, our high school season was usually done by Thanksgiving uh, for uh, the U.S. Thanksgiving. So we would have been um, we would have been up at my grandparents' farm celebrating celebrating that and getting ready for uh, getting ready for deer season. So after uh, Thanksgiving's on a Thursday up there down here, and, and then hunting season in Pennsylvania on Monday. So we would have been up there uh, getting ready for that. Uh, you may, as a as a player, as a coach, uh, especially maybe when you moved into the Canadian Football League, does do, do any games stand out for you? Uh, no, not particularly. Um, they all run together at this point. When I was <laughs> in true. Montreal, that's the I guess the biggest Canadian Thanksgiving thing that always stuck with me. Rodney Sassy, who is uh, the the therapist, the longtime therapist in Montreal, was a good friend of mine. So uh, as long as we were we're in town for a home game. We, uh, my family and I, we would go out to his house and and kind of watch football all day and and relax. So those were the he's one of the guys that I texted because we would we would have been at his house if we were if we were up in Montreal. Those were always good times. Uh, you'll be home for Thanksgiving this year with uh, with your family. Uh, that, that probably hasn't happened an awful lot over the last uh, ten or twenty years, has it? Yeah, I mean this is a, a little different deal. I mean last year I was home. Of course, but I was still working for the Jaguars, so there wasn't a lot of free time. And then you get right back to get right back to work. So it'll be nice this year to just be able to uh, to kind of relax, take it in, actually watch some of those games that are on TV, and uh, not have to, to stress about what time I got to get back to work and, and what needs to get done for the game plan on Sunday. So that'll be uh, that'll be something I haven't been able to do probably in about 25 years. So that'll be nice. Uh, all right. Before we get on with some football, I'm a, I'm a food guy, so I got to ask you: anything special had to happen at the Milanovic Thanksgiving meal? Obviously, there's there's the turkey and and the cranberry and the stuffing and all that stuff. Anything different <laughs> happen at your house with the meal? Yeah, we're pretty traditional. I guess the one thing that people say is different. I always thought it was normal. Was um, my, my mom always makes noodles to go with everything, so like um, almost like chicken noodles and. Um, we just kind of dump it all on top. But other than that, we we're pretty traditional apple pie. I wasn't a huge um, pumpkin pie guy, but uh, you yeah, were turkey and 
and all that. Every, kind of the normal stuff. We weren't a big um, we weren't a big cranberry family, but uh, my daughters actually love it. But I, I was never a big cranberry guy. Yeah, I, I love the cranberry sauce too. I find that's that a lot of people draw the line at cranberry. There's no in between. It's either yes or no with the cranberry sauce. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, definitely. Definitely. There's strong emotions. It's, you know, some people don't like that bitter, that bitter taste. Indeed. All right. Uh, let's uh, let's move on to some football talk right now. Um, we're going to spend the next couple of weeks talking about uh, your football team and, and some of the players and, and the way you want them to play. Uh, we'll start this week uh, with the offense. Uh, before we get to maybe the personnel and, and things in general, Scott, describe to me the kind of offense you like to run, the style of offense you like your teams to play. Well, I mean, you get the... Everybody wants to talk about being physical and establishing the line of scrimmage and running the ball, and all those things are true, and and I don't disagree with any of those. Um, for me, we're, we're more than likely, as long as I feel comfortable with our quarterback, we're going to be a pass-first offense, which most teams in the CFL are anyway. But, um, you know, Trevor's going to have the ball in his hand. Now, that doesn't mean that we're not going to run the ball. And what I like to look for in the run game is running efficiency. It's not necessarily um, the amount of carries a running back's going to have. It's, you know, what are what's our efficiency? What are we getting every time we give it to them? You know, if, if we're running it on second three, what's our percentage of getting the first down when we're doing that? So, you know, if a guy had four carries and they were on second and two and he only got two yards, his yards per carry wouldn't look good. But to me, he's doing his job because those situations are, are harder to run the ball in. So, um all those things are true. Um, we do want to be very physical. We want to be, you know, you hear this from everybody. We want to be multiple. We want to give a defense a lot of things to look at, different personnel groups, different motions, different tempos as far as uh, a no-huddle tempo or a hurry-huddle tempo, all those different things that they have to prepare for. And um, I think really what you, you watch, the even the Chiefs down here, you watch the teams that are really good now, and it's been it's been going this way for quite a while. But the name of the game offensively is to get your playmakers the ball in space. And and how do you do that? First, you have to find your playmakers, and then you have to figure out what they're good at. So, um, those are some of the things that we'll do um, that we're gonna try to do. We um, you need to have explosive plays. Uh, you know, it's I've watched so much film and. Um, defenses are so good now that it's hard to go 12 plays without you know having to drop pass or a missed throw or a penalty and getting that touchdown you need to have the explosive plays you need to have a 30 or 40 yard game and uh, those are things that we'll, we'll hunt every week and and it'll be a priority for for what we're trying to do so in a nutshell those are the kind of things that we're looking at yeah we want to be physical we want to run the ball we want to be able to get a lead and just take the air out of the, the air out of their sails by just pounding the rock but um Trevor's going to have the ball. He's going to take his shots, and we need to get our playmakers the ball in space. Pass first, you said, and, and obviously it's going to change from game to game, but it's going to be 60-40, 70-30, 80-20. Is one of the difficult things as a play caller, especially in the Canadian Football League, when you're working with only three downs, is to to decide when to run the ball and in what situation to run the ball? Yeah, definitely. And it, that that's one of the differences between – CFL football and, and college football or NFL football down here is, you know, they would consider a, a run of four yards on first down an efficient run. Well, in the CFL, you don't consider it. To me, if you're not getting five yards of run on first down, 
then you probably shouldn't be running the ball because you're still going to have at least second and five. So um, there's a lot that goes into it um, with all the RPOs and stuff that you see now. That's a great way to run the ball or pass the ball at the quarterback's decision. And it takes a little bit of the heat off the offensive line where they're doing their run blocking. They're not letting guys pin their ears back. Um, you need to move the pocket in the pass game. You need to do all those things with screens and things like that that are almost extensions of the run game in my eyes. So um, I always tell our running backs because they, when they find out I'm, I'm their coach, they think, oh, we're going to throw it a lot, and, and we will. But um, our running backs will, will have the most touches on the team by a long shot. It might be not be 20 carries, but it might be 16 carries and eight receptions. At the end of the day, they've got 160 yards. So um, it's just a different way of looking at it. I guess it's the new it's the new age football, really. It's it's the way um, a lot of the teams are doing it now. Yeah, we've seen over the years in the CFL, <clears throat> if you could get a, a running back who's got good hands and you can get him the ball, whether it's you know two, three, four line, four yards over the line of scrimmage, and if he's got some space, he can often turn those into fifteen and twenty yard gains. Well, yeah, I mean it's. Football has become, again, because defenses are so good and defensive coordinators have gotten so good at pressuring the quarterback and different coverages. And um, some of your best matchups come with your running back. And one of the things that we like to do or I like to do with our tailback is if we have a three-day week of practice in the season, at least one of those days, maybe two of them, he'll go down and and they'll train with the receivers during individual periods. So instead of, you know, going over the cones and practicing their breaks and things like that, they'll get down and they'll get in a two-point stance and practice running routes. And that can be a real advantage. You know, you see a lot of guys in the NFL that are doing that now. I think the guy that the, that the Chiefs just drafted is really good at that. The guy at New York Jets was really good at that when he was with Pittsburgh. So. You can really get some good matchups and kind of get them out of their comfort level where their linebackers have to be in the box while all of a sudden now they're out covering a, a running back that's got a waggle. He's running around, and uh, it's not something they're always comfortable with. Uh, I think you're talking about Le'Veon Bell, right, just now? Yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you, well, he's you currently said... with the Jets. Apparently they're trading him. Oh, they released him tonight. I'm just going to update you on that. Oh, did they? <laughs> you mentioned he's with the Jets. I said, well, he's not with the Jets anymore. Or maybe he's, he's got... available. We'll get Brock on that. Yeah, there you go. Uh, he's a pretty good running back, but he's had trouble. Uh, he's had trouble the last couple of years getting a home for sure. Anyway, I, I, I was going to go to quarterbacks first, but I want to stay on this this running back theme a little bit. Uh, you mentioned running backs get the most touches uh, when they don't get the football, though. Their job's obviously very important, especially in in your offense. Well, in any offense, really, because they've got to be able to to block and and do pass pro. Yeah, it's the first uh, it's the first job description they'll have, and they don't always want to hear it. But um, if they cannot protect for the quarterback, they can't they cannot play in our offense, and that's just the way it is. And and it's difficult. What I ask the running back to do is an extremely difficult thing because they want, generally the guy I like is a little bit smaller, more elusive, more of a home run hitter um, than your typical like a Leonard Fournette kind of guy down here. I, I don't really want that big bruiser. I want a guy that's elusive out in space that can make people miss, that can go for the home run. And typically those guys are smaller, but they still have to be able to stick their nose in there and, uh, you know, pick up blitzing linebacker and keep Trevor clean. So it's a tough job, but um, they're going to get a lot of touches. They're going to get, uh, they're going to have a lot of fun out there. 
Yeah, when, when you're talking blocking for a, a running back, you're not talking pancaking guys or, or holding guys up for three, four seconds like an old lineman does sometimes. You're just talking about those little chips and those little those little peels that, that give Trevor or whoever's at quarterback an extra half a second, extra second or whatever. Yeah, just give them, just give them an extra click. And, you know, one of the things that people don't understand is the mental. Everybody thinks the running back position is so easy mentally. It's, oh, hey, you're going right and getting the ball or you're going left and getting the ball. But when it gets, comes to protections, especially now, you know, they're asked to, they, they've got a guy to start with that maybe is to their side, to the side of the quarterback they're on, but then they've got another guy outside of him, and then they've got somebody completely to the other side of the field, if we call a scan, that if that guy comes, they've got to go get him. So there's a lot going on mentally. There's a lot of moving parts. Um, they've got to be sharp. You know, all of our players need to be uh, highly intelligent, but uh, that running back, he's got to do some studying. Uh, back when we thought we were going to have a training camp, I was really looking forward to the battle you were going to have for that running back position uh, on the Edmonton Football Club. Uh, C.J. Gable had, had moved on. The team had decided to move on from him. Uh, uh, Shaq Cooper has been here for a couple of years, has had some, some really good games and can really produce some yards but uh the team also signed uh brendan burks and terry williams um mm -hmm. that battle going into camp and i don't know where it's going to be when the next camp starts but the battle that was shaping up going into what would have been this year's training camp looked like it was going to be a fierce one with some guys kind of had some chips on their shoulders a little bit and guys who are looking to take that next step in their careers yeah i was really excited about that too um all of them are kind of the guys i just talked about guys that you know, have the ability to make people miss that can kind of bring their own block and, and get you out of some problems if you if you cut somebody loose. And I think all of them can run around. Terry, obviously, you've seen what he can do in their turn game. So out in space, he's a playmaker. But Brandon's the same way, and so is Shaq. So um, I was really fired up about those guys and get a chance to work with them. I know Brock Bull's only about all of them. Um, and, um, yeah, I mean, hopefully we'll get those guys back and then we'll get to find out what they can do next year. All right, uh, we've talked about running backs. We're going to talk about the quarterbacking situation for this football club and the receivers when we come back. Uh, you're listening to the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic here on 630 Chet. We'll get back to the coach here in a second and talk about uh, the quarterback situation with the double E. But first, I want to remind you that uh, despite the fact that COVID has wiped out a lot of things, including the Canadian Football League season, uh, the locker room sale is still a go this year. In fact, it's on right now. You have to head to the Eskimos uh, website at uh, shop.esks.com and you can get a complete uh, look at the inventory of items that are up for sale, including game-worn jerseys and pants. You can take advantage of uh, curbside pickup or just $5.00 shipping right across the country was looking at the uh, at the items that were up for grabs and uh, some pretty hot uh, tickets up there some game worn jerseys from some real good players are available so that is at uh, shop.esks.com for the double e locker room sale which won't be happening in the locker room but it will be happening on your computer moving forward just an update on the uh, nfl tuesday night game tonight uh, tennessee all over buffalo 35 16 uh, titans about to go to four and oh scott milanovic uh, joins us now scott that's a, I, i'm a little surprised by the way they handled the buffalo bills uh, tonight considering they've had about two practices or maybe two legal practices in the last uh, week and a half or so yeah i'm totally shocked i mean i know that team the titans are a good team they play good defense and they run the ball they're physical up front offensively but to be able to 
to be able to come out and do what they've done tonight. I got the game on right now. It's now 41 to 16. It's um, shocking, really. Because um, Buffalo's, we played Buffalo in the last couple of years too, and they are well coached and they were on fire. So I'm, I'm really quite surprised too. So Tennessee Titans will go to 4-0. and Buffalo will drop to 4-1. and Okay, we've got a few minutes left here. I want to talk about your quarterbacking situation. That is probably the thing you are the most comfortable with about your new football team right now. You haven't seen a lot of players in person yet. You've probably had some Zoom meetings, maybe some phone call conversations, and, and some of them you haven't met in person. But the guy I would assume you know best on this team is probably Trevor Harris. Yeah, Trevor... Um Trevor Harris is as good a guy as you're ever going to be around. Um, I'll tell you a story. So when I was, I had just gotten a head job in Toronto, and Jim Barker called me and said, hey, I want you to work out this kid, this quarterback, Trevor Harris. We're thinking about signing him. And I was living, I was living in New York, just south of Rochester. And Trevor, I can't remember if Trevor had just finished school at Edinburgh, which is in Pennsylvania near Erie, or if, if he was just living with some buddies there, but he drove up to New York one night and I worked him out in a high school gym in the middle of the winter. Freezing. And uh, we went in there with a high school receiver and he threw all night long. And, and I remember one of the things that impressed me the most was he took the ball at one point and jumped off two feet and dunked it with two hands in the basketball hoop. And he doesn't get enough credit. I don't think for his athletic ability. But the best part of the whole night was afterwards, we went out and we sat in my car and we were just talking and he was like, coach, I want to show you something. He went to his car and he got out this loose leaf notebook that he brought over and it was all these hand drawings he had made of uh, all the plays he loved because he was going to be a coach one day and he was building his his repertoire, I guess, even then uh, for all the things uh that he wanted to do one day when he was a coach. He's just that kind of guy. He just loves football that much. He loves the stuff. I've never been with anybody that prepares harder than Trevor. And on top of that, he's accurate and is good in the pocket and movement like Drew Brees in the pocket, just little movements, not necessarily to run for 30 yards, but to buy an extra click and be able to get the ball down the field. He's just um, he's the kind of player that, that helps coach sleep easier at night, that's for sure. All right, uh, we're going to have to talk more about uh, Trevor Harris moving forward because we're out of time for tonight, uh, another good edition of the Double E Coaches Show with Scott Milanovic. Uh, uh, Scott, thanks for your time. Uh, we're back to Monday nights next week, and I look forward to uh, talking a little bit about the defense for the Edmonton Football Club next week. Have a great week, Scott. All right, you too, Mark. Scott Milanovic, head coach of the Double E football team, uh, and uh, that is the Double E Coaches Show. Thanks to Kellen, who is uh, our studio operator, uh, back at Ched Control. Uh, I'll be back in tomorrow morning on 6.30 Ched Mornings with uh, Chelsea and Shay. Uh, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Hope your weekend was great. Have yourself a great night. We'll talk to you later.